yes, welcome to the PGM, the PGM podcast to be precise. Um, glad to see so many of you out there keeping fit, running, doing various workouts. Uh, certainly going to pay off when the season starts, so that's really good to see. Uh, well done to everybody that's out there putting in the work. Uh, we all heard about the influence that Guardiola has had on English football, but today we're going to hear about the influence that Yang has had on English football. We hope you enjoy. Thanks for joining us, Yang. Hey, hi, Luis. Thank you, thank you, thank you for inviting me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with the PGM family, man. I'm uh, really glad <laughs> that I'm in this podcast today. Your uh, your Skype says that you're based in Australia. Why does it say that? Oh, my God. I didn't change that one. You know, that is after five, almost six years, I have an open sky. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, I was living in Australia. I lived in Australia for a year. So beautiful, man. I was living in Gold Coast. It's part of the Queensland state. Uh And yeah, that is a place. It's like 25 degrees, beautiful beaches, surfing every day. I was doing a master there in in Australia. So I went from Venezuela to, to there for a year. So my idea was to be there for more time. But yeah, I, I couldn't make it to to be there for more time so and after uh, i moved to spain but yeah yeah i was living in australia for a while man i see i was confused when it came up i thought you might have moved all of a sudden (laughs) not told yeah if if that's the case i will be you know really um it should should be so early now there because i don't know what time is there now it's like eight eight hours of difference something like that something crazy yeah Yeah, they are ahead in the future man (laughs) (laughs) so yang i think uh when i first come up with like the idea of doing this podcast you're one of the main people i wanted to talk to actually because i felt like certainly from a personal point of view i can't speak for everybody in the team but you must have a unique view of one of football, two of, of life from growing up in South America. And um, I thought that was something that would be really interesting to talk about. So first of all, tell us a little bit about where you're from and uh, what it was like growing up in uh, in South America. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm Venezuelan. And, I'm, and for those that are, are those doesn't know where is Venezuela, it's in South America, in the north of the south, just to say something. It's pretty much the Caribbean. Uh-huh. <laughs> we are in the middle there, yeah. I mean, we are South America, but we are the north. So talking about football, it's always complicated because we are always playing with the um, CONCACAF. Uh, sorry, the Comebol, no, with the CONCACAF. Oh, yeah. So we play against Argentina, Brazil, uh, Colombia, Uruguay. So really tough to to be in a, in a World Cup, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, that's that's uh, not an easy draw ever. And no, not at all. So you you have uh, only five places, and always is Brazil, Argentina. You have two, only three remain. So you have always Uruguay that is strong. And yeah. also sometimes you have Paraguay or Colombia, so it's really tough. We aren't the only country that haven't been in in, in the World Cup, man, from the South America. Oh yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> but it's yeah, a... well, it's part of the of, of living in a, in in that place of the world there. Yeah, but yeah, Venezuela is a lovely country, man. It's a lovely country. Um, 25 degrees all year round so beautiful places we have mountain deserts we have beaches we have the amazon as well jungle and we have beautiful falls so beautiful women's there as well venezuela (laughs) has won i don't know i think like a four uh, miss universes something like that really 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 crazy yeah you can find that on the internet i don't know how, how many but yeah it's like a four I'm sure we'll be looking on the yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see them all in the WhatsApp group in like a day. Yeah, but it's interesting to to, to live in in South America. Well, my my background, my, my mother is Spanish and my father is Colombian, so they met in Venezuela back in time. So I have this different, you know, um, I have that influence from from the Spanish culture in a way, and also, you know, Venezuela was. Um, colonized by the Spanish, right? So 
Yeah. So we have that influence a lot for the European countries such as Spain, Italy, Portugal. English people there probably they went more for the the island like uh, Trinidad, more like a uh, um, Aruba, Curaçao. Well, it was the Dutch as well there, I think so. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, Venezuela was part of the of the Spanish Empire there some time ago, and yeah, we declared the independence time time ago. So well, it was part of the yeah. Colombian Federation as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a, a guy that the, the Libertador and uh, liberate um, Venezuela and Peru and Colombia from from the Spanish Empire as well. We're fighting. That was in in the. Um, I don't know, 1830 or 1813. Yeah, time ago. Yeah, it's really quite a new country, to be honest. 200 years of history, you know, probably in a way. Yeah, of being independent. And yeah, is it still part of of Bolivia? Is is that right? No, 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 no. All of these countries are. really a part of, you know, now, independent totally. Uh, Bolivia came from that name from the Bolivar, which was the guy, the Libertador. So that's that's why Bolivia came uh, with that name. But I don't know, Venezuela came with the uh, Venice, you know, because time ago when um, Christoph Columbus came, or some of those guys came to, to our lands, so they found like the, those houses over or the, the waters, kind of Venice in a way. Um, you know, Venice, Italy, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. So that's why Venezuela came, like, then it came for that word. Ah, that's really interesting. Uh, it's really weird. But yeah, <laughs> it has been really fun to live there. And yeah, I, I basically. Grew up there in Venezuela, and I moved to different countries. I lived in Canada for a, for six months. And in Toronto, amazing place, really cold as well. Yeah. I moved to yeah, I moved to uh, Australia as I said before, and I yeah, I was living in Spain before it came here. So was this uh, when you were a, a little kid, or was this? No, no, yeah, more more older there. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was living in Venezuela. I basically started traveling when I was old. So I carry on. I was just confused. I didn't know when you, uh, if you moved when you with your parents to Canada or if you. No, no, no. Sorry, travel. sorry. My, my bad. My bad. My bad. I was, <laughs> I was in Venezuela until you know I finished university. I uh, was working there for more five years, something like that. And after I say I need to stop, I, I let me just do something with my life and with my professional career. So I moved to Canada to just to improve my English. As you can see, it's not the best. (laughs) (laughs) So Canadians are not good teachers. (laughs) (laughs) So I I came back to Venezuela, continue working. And yeah, and I moved to Australia to do some uh, masters. And yeah, and ended up here. But yeah, my childhood basically um, was in Venezuela, man, most of the time. So in Venezuela, as a as a child, did you play football? Did you have an interest? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I was playing football since I have memory. I think I started playing football since I was five years old. And to be honest, we we in Venezuela usually you start playing football, you know, on the street with your friends. But at that time, I was member of a kind of a social um, club. With, uh, it was like a Spanish community. You have like yeah. a make a club, you know, and make, have a membership. And well, my parents were part of that uh, club. So I started playing like a foot, futsal. And, that, and in that time, the, the, the ball it was really small and it doesn't bounce. It was like a, like a rock. <laughs> yeah, really, really, really hard to, to hit. And, and, and yeah, but it was always on the, on the floor. So that probably that makes sense because I love that tiki taka style, yes, movement, yeah. rotation, that the fireside always give you that kind of things. Yeah, that seems to be a very cultural thing overall, doesn't it? That kind of relaxed on the floor kind of football. South America, Spain, all those kind of 
that Latin culture. They like that type of football, don't they? Yeah, I think Latin has that kind of styles. Uh, and nowadays, yeah, you, you have this kind of thing. Well, the Barcelona is an example, right? Mm. With that new... Uh, they, they basically reinvent football in a way. Because here in Europe, I think it was more like a, you know, more strong, more you, you have to be tall, you have to be big, you have, I don't know, it's more tough games. And in South America, I don't know that it's tough, but it was more like that, you know, that thing in mind that you just play short, be, be smart, and this kind of uh, mentality for the football players. From what I know about it, that kind of... Um brutal type of football was always present in England and um, it was sort of Johan Cruyff was one of the first to say you play football with your mind and he wasn't a big guy either but he was an unbelievable footballer and um, when he eventually went to Barcelona and stayed on worked in the youth development and and everything he was the guy that sort of helped to form this this new way of playing football and it's still you know it's, it's obviously developed since but it really did change change everything. But it really happened at Barcelona, didn't it? When when he went there, and then the years after that, and then of course Guardiola got in charge, and the Barcelona yeah, they way. Yeah, follow follow that way. They, they follow the young crew way, and and it's and, and it's it's a simple way to be honest. Sometimes I always say, keep simple, guys, keep simple. You know, because he's you have the ball, pass the ball. You don't have to run too much, pass the ball. You know, like he's he's a team effort in a way. So you don't have to run like, I don't know, 10 meters with the ball when you can basically pass. If you have the time to transport, transport. But if you don't, you make quick movement, pass the ball and also be available for anyone to receive the ball at the same time. So I think it was the, the and also the, the, the futsal that give you that feeling because you, you have to move. It's a, it's a small pitch, so you have to create space. Yeah. So yeah, and that's that is basically my 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 base in football. And after yeah, I just well, when I was in, in school, yeah, I joined to the the, the football eleven aside uh, team. So my my school it was a, a school uh, where football was the main sport. So we have baseball, basketball, because well, Venezuela is really popular baseball. Also, it's, I think it's a fierce sport like a national sport there we have a really baseball players but yeah probably you hear more about baseball than football but nowadays yeah football have a is really relevant because we have more players outside like uh, Rondon you know yeah well yeah. these are more than those kids now that are playing more outside like Rondon Peñaranda and I don't know any others there but yeah there is a lot and yeah man when you were a kid, did you get into football because of a particular team or player? Or did you have a family member that supported a particular team that led you into playing football? It's, yeah, well, my, my father loved football. I think it was part of his uh, uh, blood. You know, he, he always, I remember when I was a kid, just watching football with him. You know, like we we used to watch the Liga, the Spanish League, also the Italian League. And to be honest, in Venezuela, it was not popular at the time the, the Premier League. So probably a few people watch it, but I don't. We don't because there is a lot of community of, of Portuguese, Italian, and Spanish. So that's why, right? Yeah. And yeah, well, and yeah, watching football with him, and because he loved football, so it's kind of you know. I don't know, it's like if you are a Tiger Goods, probably you want to put your kid to play uh, golf, right? Or Michael yeah. Jordan, you want to put probably because you have the knowledge or you know how the sport is. And to be honest, it's, it's easy to, to, to be engaged with football, right? You only need a, mm -hmm. a, a ball and just a few players and just start playing with someone there. It's an easy and cheap sport, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah it's true, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, did you have any players that you liked growing up? Yeah, when I was a kid, yeah. To be honest with you, Luis, I, I start. I all my whole life, I was playing as a back uh, center. 
So now I'm kind of more moving to the middle because I don't have that that speed and the strength that I was time ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also playing those Sundays is 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 really tough. But yeah, I, all my life I was playing as a as a as a back center. So kind of uh, uh, Sergio Ramos for say something or I don't know Puyol for for Barcelona. So it was that guy I always you know like a wiper so just taking the ball. I was really strong, jump really, really, really high, and yeah, and it was kind of smart, and, and also I like that position because you have a really good uh, view of the beach, and you can shout to to your teams. You say, "Watch out, Manon!" You know, to cover this side. Or cover. I don't know. It, it was part of my my uh, DNA at that time. But uh, talking about the player, yeah, I do remember. That um, I don't know if you remember uh, the AC Milan uh, Franco Varesi. He, oh, he was right. a yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I mean, remember that I'm from. I born in '83, right? <laughs> so yeah, going back a bit. So Baresi, yeah. Yeah, Varesi uh, was a small guy, but he was a really good defender. So I was, I feel some connection in in in, in a way with football. So I say, well, he. This guy is not so tall, and look, look now. Well, if you look now, the the, the players is like a, a Scott or Reese, like a really tall. No, nowadays I don't have any any chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, no, there were some players that came along and proved that you didn't have to look a certain way to play a position. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, did they? Is it him? They retired his shirt number, didn't they? AC Milan. I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I don't remember that bit. I, I was in the Italian league. I was following the AC Milan. I liked yeah. that team at that time. It was also Maldini playing was a kid in that time. Maldini mm-hmm. from Raker, I think he was playing as well. And Ruth Gulli, I think. Yeah, yeah I like... Um... Van Basten. I used to Van, love Van Basten. Van Basten. A, come on, he's a classic, that guy. Yeah, yeah, perfect. It was, a, I think, the golden um, time from the AC Milan side, to be honest. Well, they have, recently, they have a good team. But, yeah, for me, as a kid, it's like, it's like when, when you watch the first World Cup, for me, it was Italy 90. Yeah. I love it, you know. I, I was playing, like, I was always be like Maradona or... Canilla, playing football and penalties, like uh, if you are the goalkeeper, be the goalkeeper. And yeah, that is my my, my, my work up, you know. But at, at that time, when I was a kid, AC Milan was uh, the top of the league in, in the culture. Ah, I see. George Ware as well. George Ware at AC. Maybe that was a bit afterwards, wasn't it? George Ware. He was in the... Yeah, yeah, Ware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a striker, right? Yeah, yeah, he scored uh, that goal where he ran from his his own box, but that was in the nineties. Whereas like Hullet, that was like towards the end of the eighties, wasn't it? Early nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he won um, the the Euros with Holland in eighty eight. Yeah, and they they really uh, uh, short shorts. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's it. And <laughs> big crazy haircut. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was my player when I was a kid, and, and yeah, a few players in in, in Madrid, in Barcelona. I don't, I don't know, I don't remember the names now, but yeah, Fernando Hierro was a good one in that time. Ah, uh, yeah, he played for Bolton. Reese will tell you that. Oh, really? I didn't played know that. Hierro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fernando Hierro. Yeah, he went to Bolton for a little while towards the end of his career. Oh my God, good. So probably we have a, a, a sticker of yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you did that, and then you lived in you lived in Spain. How, did you live in Spain for a long no, time? No, when I was I was it was after Australia that I moved to Spain to Spain. So it was for six seven months there. It was also I was old. It was in that time when I was playing football, basically. So. I really, I really, I finished my career as a professional <laughs> yeah. early. You know? I was like a Pete Sampras, you know, if you have to retire, you have to retire in the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, in that moment in time. Well, I now I, I, I'm not in the top, but yeah, I, I, I really like to play football, you know. It's something that you, when you play every day, 
in your life when you were a kid. So it's something that you miss in your life, right? When you see the pitch and you see the ball and you say, oh man, I want to be there. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. There's a nostalgic feeling around yeah, totally. football. But hard to explain, isn't it? It's something that comes into your life when you're really young and it stays with you. Yeah, I when I was a kid, man, I used to train like twice per week and I have football 11 aside games in the mornings and uh, in the, at night in the club I have like a fire side. So I was really active training all the time and after I, I went to swimming so three days per week swimming, two days plus the other two, football. So I was really doing exercise and training. So really, it's something that go to DNA, right? You're a sport man, so let's just play tennis. Let's just go play, go play tennis. Let's just play something. Let's just do something. Of oh, course, okay. you get in love with something, right? Yeah, and football yeah. was my sport at that time. So was there any other sort of interest you had outside of sports, either growing up or see as well? What did you study? Industrial engineer. Oh, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I studied for five years that career, man, and it's a nice, it's a nice. You lost a lot of hair as well. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough one, but yeah, it's a really rewarding <laughs> in the end. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really love my 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 bachelor and degree, and yeah, personally, that opened me a few doors and really good doors internationally. That is good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. When I was at the university, I was playing football as well with some some teams. So what happened in Venezuela, usually you have, you know, the schools, high schools. And after when we, we jump to the college or, or universities. So what happened there is most of the people just drop some sports. So we have a good levels at school, uh, high school levels. I mean, the teams in Venezuela, really good players. But because the league there is no, um, is no worthy in terms of payment, you know, it's the national league, the, 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 the football, like a Premier League there, right? Yeah. So, yeah, people say, yeah, I do prefer probably you're a good player, but yeah, to be outstanding in our country, you have to be like Messi, you know? Mm. So if you have some skill, but if you cannot afford to be outside to do the trials and everything, it's tough. So... Most of the players just try to find some kind of a career in other way. So that is changing. That is changing a lot. But in my time, it was like that way. So you've been you've been to Spain and Australia and, and played in various eleven-a-side matches in uh, back home as well. And now in the UK, what's the difference between those matches? Yeah, well. Playing here in, in in Australia and in Spain, you say I, I play a few games. No, no, not, not something regularly like I was. So I'm doing here in UK. Yeah, so I play with a few friends. So it's like more like a relax, chill. So a few games basically. No, no, no big things. So I'm playing now more regularly with um, with the whistle guys, with the, the the guys from the company. So the difference in the beginning was more, yeah, I, I, as I said, we are more like the Latin America style, like more like a passable, take the ball, you know, rotation, like that kind of things. And mm -hmm. here, uh, something that it was so funny, I say like, a, you guys really love to make some big pass, you know, to the front. So you are <laughs> defending and you just go, poof, go to a striker, which is good sometimes, right? You have to break that, that thing. Sometimes. You know? Yeah, sometimes, yeah, you can uh, go transport the ball all the time. But yeah, it's like Betcam, you know, you, they, I feel like hey, everyone feels like Betcam. You're just doing that <laughs> 100 meter, you know, pass ball there, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It was really interesting. And yeah, and, and kind of things, and especially, I mean, the things when in, in Spanish or differently when you say Manon or I don't know something uh, when you shout to your friends it's completely different way so that is I struggle a lot I was swearing in Spanish sometimes because I couldn't say <laughs> you know my mind always I don't know it was like a, in, in in auto when you start playing and someone is behind you in Spanish you say eh, te van 
which is Manon, basically, in the translation. And, yeah, I was saying to the guys, Teban, Teban, Teban. And the guys, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that is basically a, a language barrier. But, yeah, in terms of football, yeah, basically that, that style. But I really love the, 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 the friendship that, you know, the, the, the politeness in, 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 in a good way, right? And the competitive uh, side as well. So even though that you're competitive, you, you respect people, you know, in, in, and I really love this one from here, from UK. Probably in South America, yeah, you, you, sometimes you, you want to make a lot of not next and, you know, disrespect your team or whatever. But here, no, they are not like that kind of thing. Well, no with the guy that I, I used to play. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's good to hear. You see those videos from South America where like everyone chases the referee away to the car park or someone gets shot yeah well sure 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 it, it, it happened here as well but no <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 because remember that you you, you have a reputation the, the british of the hooligans right so uh, yeah that, that was off the pitch <laughs> yeah that's true that's true that's true that was that's just true. a fan no yeah. but that was bad that was bad times for english football bad, we got a bad reputation over those years which is still there now really so when, um, which brings me to my next question, actually, um, yeah. when you were, before you came to England and you, you lived in various different countries, what English players were good? What English players were known to be world-class players? Oh, that is a tough question because I am not really a Premier League follower. Yeah, when I was a kid, I don't know if I, I if just damaged my reputation saying that I was following the, the Manchester United <laughs> but basically because in that time uh, it was the goal time for the Manchester it was a time when they uh, they won the, the champions against uh, Bayern remember the, oh, last, yeah. the last two minutes they scored the, the goals oh my god it was like a hilarious and it was a really such a good team like um, Ashley Cole it was the the Betkan was there Cantona uh, played there, I think that team as well, but he was almost in the retirement, right? If I'm not wrong. Uh, he left like it, about two years before Cantona retired, yeah. or maybe one year before. But yeah, that was, a, that was a great team. But the reason I ask is um, I met some guys in, um, in London once. One was a Real Madrid fan and one was an Atletico fan. And ah, really? they were saying about how when they were kids, everyone used to love Ryan Giggs. And I just found it really interesting that in other countries they knew who Ryan Giggs was and they rated him as a good football player because we look at living in England, we know how good Ronaldo was or how good Roberto Baggio was, for example, yeah. even though we didn't really watch La Liga, but we knew who they were. And I wondered if it was the same in other countries for, for English players. But I suppose for a long time, there was only a couple of good English players, like Paul Gascoigne, I think. Gary Lineker probably played for Barcelona around yeah, the he time. Yeah. You liked them. Yeah, but yeah, as, as you said, yeah, basically, well, in Venezuela, we, we are not used to, to watch the Premier League, but when it's the champions, yeah, you, you have the English teams there, so it's not... You, you know who they are, right? So you know those teams, those players, the level of that those players, right, in that time. So that's why I say, like, I, that was a golden time. They won the Champions League. I said, oh, I am Manchester United fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically yeah. following following the the, the, the the big teams there. I didn't know. Well, to be honest, I was... No, no, to be honest, my, my dad, because he he's Colombian, he, he loves Asprilla, and Asprilla playing Newcastle. Oh, yeah, Tino Asprilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I used to remember him playing football. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, a few players. Well, yeah, no, no, no British, but, yeah, a few games from there. So, um, PGM, you joined the club in the summer. Managed to secure secure a contract in the summer, but then unfortunately you got injured and missed most of the season. So talk to me about your injury, coming back, how it's been since you've come back, and how you feel about next season. 
Yeah, when I, I just received the offer, it was really buzzing and about that because I, I really love, yeah, really, to be honest, it was really, I feel glad to be part of this team. You know, it's a really bunch of nice guys and, and you can feel it, you know, you can feel it on the pitch as well. You can feel that there's a good vibe on, on all of them. So, yeah, unfortunately, in the preseason, I got injured the first time with my uncle uh and after i got injured with um i will i will say in english but i don't know if it's right or not the adductor muscle that is close to the um to the groins basically so i I pull i pull that that um muscle so playing 11 aside 11 aside no the seven aside with the guys with the, the, the company so I was by myself. So I went to the hospital and and the guy said, well, let's just make an appointment with a, a specialist. But to be honest, it was the, best, the the worst advice because he said you should wait uh, three months and after slowly uh, do some exercise. So I basically followed that, that uh, advice. But I, I didn't, you know, I lost all my my muscle strength for that uh, leg. It was the left uh, leg, and yeah, unfortunately, I, I I lost all of the season. Basically, I used to to go to see the guys play, but yeah, I mean, it's not the same, you know, because you want to go inside, and it's, it's impossible to be there. So, mm-hmm. and after that, I went to to the physio. Um, at the physio, that guy was part. Uh, the it was part of the Chelsea team. He told me his the name. His name is Mike uh, Banks, I think. No, oh. wrong. Yeah, and the physio said, "Bro, you are doing wrong. So this is a kind of injury that you should start working after ten days." Oh. So yeah, I say, what the fuck? Yeah, so I say oh, I was wasting my time. So and he gave me a plan to recover. You know, to to make that muscle again, to do some massage, to because basically the the muscle needs to to recover in the same in the same way that it, it was before. Otherwise, the fibers go in different directions, and that is not the right thing that you you or the things that you expect. Yeah, and then it won't heal ever. Yeah, yeah. For, for really yeah. long. So yeah, unfortunately, I I basically miss most of the season and I start playing the last two games and yeah and, and you gave me the 90 minutes pretty much for all the games and yeah I want to say okay I'm, I'm getting there I'm getting in shape again you know the feeling of the pitch boom locked down <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but it's another reason right it's, it's, it's yeah but yeah PGM man amazing so it's really nice to be inside of the pitch with this guy. So I think we have a lot of potential. We are so competitive. So even though that we start in in a Ali uh, above, so I, I mean in the level, right? We start. We should start in the four, and we start in the three. Yeah. Uh, so we, I think we, and I, I think no, I believe that we we are a really competitive team for that uh, level. Completely, so it's normal, you know. A few of us, you know, each other. So, in the beginning, just try and error, try to make the the, the best formation. I, I don't know how how was for you, right? It was really tough to try to find, you know, the the, the soul of the team in a way and make the right formation and you know put the right people sometime when you need it because it's, sometimes it's not about that, you know the it's how to keep focus on the game. It's right. It's more about that. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, for me personally, it was. It's always quite tricky to, in your first year, because you're constantly learning about different players and different people who can play in what positions, who's good at which particular attributes, which means so and so might be a good winger or, or whatever. So you, you're always changing things around in the first season, I think. And um, I, what you were saying about the way you like to play football and the way that. Um, you know, being patient and everything like that. Do you feel it's something that just takes so much practice, though? So much repetitive practice to be able to 
to know exactly where your teammate's going to be all the time, uh, to be able to to trust that if you stay in your position, the ball will come to you eventually. That takes a lot of practice, doesn't it? Before you... Yeah, well, uh, yes and no as well, because you have some kind of basic, right? So, I mean, you learned that one was you, you're a kid, you know, you have a basic, you have to cover each other, for example. Uh, well, I was playing as a defender, right? As a back defender, but we have the left wing and right wing. And when one of them go up, I always shout to one of the midfielders to to stay there, you know, to cover the the guy that that just went to attack. So, and that player that went to attack, I need to recover slowly first to the middle and after go back again. I don't know. So in that sense, after you. You change position, you you switch position, and the midfielder go to the middle again. So they, this kind of the basics sometimes. So you have to make people, you know, um, aware of that kind of thing sometimes. You know, like a, if you want to rest, it's better rest in our side of the pitch than as a striker. You know what I mean? Mm. And yeah. yeah, this kind of the pack. But the other side is, yeah. After probably the, this first season, I think the second season is going to be much, much better because we know each other more. You know, you know, you know um, who can handle that ball. You can protect the ball more. So who has a good um, shot from outside of the box? And I think some something that we should try for the next season is try to hit more outside of the box. We 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 always try to 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 make calls just crossing the line, and that's it. We we have a well, we have Baker and Baker just go with the head, which is a good um, guy with going for the air. But we cannot go always in that in that in that way, right? Because yeah, and you you will see people like I don't know, like Elliot have a good they shot, Dan as well, Reese, God, they have a good legs as well to to try outside of the of the box. So we should try more. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, some of it's bravery. Some of it's a bit of, you know, I don't want to be the person that gives the, that ends the attack in a bad way. But then, you know, you've got to believe in yourself and have these shots because if you don't shoot, you don't score. Some games we've had people that have been shooting at will and scored some really good goals. So it's about making sure we know when to shoot and when to, to keep hold of it, keep the attack alive. Yeah, yeah. And definitely, as you said, this is something that you build with the time, right? So, you know, in a moment that you, you have the opportunity, you go forward and you know that your team uh, it will support you, say, would, uh, you know, try, shot, do it, you know, and if you don't pass the ball to me, you don't have to be um, uh, angry with me and, and that's it, you know, it's, it's trying to keep simple, you know, and trying to build that confidence as a team. And as I say, I sure that we are really competitive. We have really good players. We all are really good players. So basically we have to to make that explosion of skills and show show yourself (laughs) on the team. Yeah, I agree. It's about sometimes being a bit more creative, isn't it? Yeah, man. As a kid, as a kid, I have a really good uh, coach. When I was a kid, I was a Uruguayan coach. And you know the Uruguayans, you know, they are always like a, really, you never uh, give up until the last whistle, right? So you have always that mind that is win. So no matter if you are playing away, no matter if you are playing at home, so no matter if you are winning two for uh, for two goals or you are losing for two goals, so you always have to give 100% of you or more. With that mentality to keep to keep you know winning, and and I, I really love that sentence that he he used to say that he said you have to play smart you know with your with your mind really cold you know really calm but with your heart you know really uh, passionate you really um, strong you know with the desire of, of of the of to win the match. Yeah, man, this as a kid is like a, you know they always had really those moments that you you feel that you ah we are gonna lose this game. No, those guys always came back like come on guys, we can do it. You know, I start shouting you and make that momentum. 
that is that is amazing yeah and i think that we will do it much much better the next season definitely yeah i think that's really good it's really good advice from your coach and it it's so true as well i think um to be able to be calm in the situation but in a situation that isn't necessarily a very calming situation that's a difficult thing to do but that's what football's all about is thinking quicker making the right decisions um but at the same time of course your heart's beating quick the adrenaline's going but you've got to make the right choices yeah. and uh, do you think that a lot of that comes from believing in yourself, though? Believing you're good enough to make the right decision? Yeah, well, I think it's probably 80-20. You have 80% that is you, but you have also 20 that is the, the team, right? Because you, you're playing with, with a team with 10 more guys with you, you know, and that is it's a, it's a team sport. So you have to believe in you, you have to believe in your skill, you have to believe that you can do it, you know. But also that you you believe as well in your team, that it is always there to back up you in a way, you know. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a big mix, but yeah, definitely. So it's about trusting your teammates. And exactly, exactly man. Exactly. Knowing that they'll be there. Because you know a lot of people use uh, the analogy of army and, and war and things about being in the trenches with people that you really trust. And and that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about and knowing that someone can, is there to help you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that is the base of the leadership as well, right? So you, I will sacrifice myself, you know, just to protect you. So if I can do the, the, the sacrifice to run that game, to protect the team, you know, I, I will do it. So it's kind of that mindset. It's really a good, good example, the, the army, as you said. Yeah, well, everyone knows it's not about themselves. It's it's everyone's walk, working towards one goal. Everyone has a part to play towards that goal, but yeah. everyone has to appreciate that it's it's a fine line, isn't it? Because everyone is important, but at the same time, not as important as the group and the initiative. That definitely true. When I was a kid, man, I said, well, I was playing in a championship that it was in 1998. Yeah. And we play against, it was a national competition. And and the, the, the player who scored more, the best player of the championship and the, the, the keeper that get less uh, uh, goals, they went to, they went to France to be uh, a bowler. So uh, I was playing as a defense all my life and said, man, I don't have any chance to be here, you know. And mm-hmm. I was like kind of jealous, uh, jealousy with, with the striker because they said, man, you always, you know, receive all the, the glorious because you score and whatever. Yeah, but, you know, we we as a team, we protect you, we protect our, our goalie. So what about us? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's definitely as you said. So it's not about you know, it's about team, team, teammates. And as you can see in Barcelona, but sometimes you know, okay, they play a lot with Messi, but yeah, it's a team effort. You just pass the ball one side, and, and probably you have the chance to score, but the other one is so uh, easy in a better position. Boom, just try. I agree. I fully agree with you. So, a um, couple questions before we go. Yeah, Yang. sure. Yeah, good. Uh, do you like being called Yang Biasso? Do you like that name? Yang Biasso. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it was a good, a good uh, name. Also, because I'm bald now. As a, <laughs> man, yeah. yeah, I don't have any any hair a lot. <laughs> he was always bald. Yang Yang no, Biasso. No, no, man. I used to, yeah, no, no. He was. He has really long hair. When he was a kid, he was playing in. in River play. The, the mm-hmm. thing is with Jambiaso, it was more about because our our jersey looks like the Inter of Milan, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, even though in, in, in the Inter Milan, there was Simeone, Zamorano, a lot of South American playing there. And yeah, but Jambiaso, it, it, it sounds good. It's punchy. It's I kind of... You know something that you can put in, you know, in the in the in the jersey. They have some <laughs> kind of marketing punchy style there. <laughs> Maybe one day. 
Yeah, so that that's why it took the the number nineteen. Uh, you brought back some memories there, Zamorano and uh, Salas. Yeah, yeah, like a good combination, a killer combination in front. Yeah, they were great. Both, they're both from Chile, weren't they? Is that right? From Chilean. Uh, yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Zamorano. How many languages do you speak? Yeah. Well, Spanish, of course, is my 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 mother tongue. Uh, English, barely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Portuguese. Oh, Thank Portuguese. You. Yes, a little bit, yeah, because when I was in Australia, I was living with um, Brazilians, so I, I ah. fall, yeah, it's a mix between Spanish and, and, and Portuguese, so, and it's slightly, but it's, it's, I don't know, I need to, I need to, uh, Italian a little bit, I, can, I need to practice more, but yeah. It's not something. It's, it's something that I can learn. I can understand, but to speak sometimes, yeah, I get a bit confused. But yeah, but you know why? Because it's basically they are the Latin language, right? So you uh, have more or less the same base. So I don't know. It's, it's like for you. I don't know. I don't know if uh, German is quite simple. <laughs> Yeah, for you, for you guys, it have kind of similarities in some kind of danke shit, danke uh, things. I don't know. I don't know. You just make it everything now. <laughs> yeah, our language came mostly from German and French words, didn't it? Franco-German words from from years and years ago. Um, so, yeah, a lot of German, French words are quite similar, but then there's a bit of Latin in there as well. Yeah. Um. It's a, bit, it's a real mixture, the English language. That's why it's such an annoying language to learn, because like you say, it's Spanish and Italian, the Latin languages are fairly similar. You can figure it out. But English has got a little bit of everything mixed in. Yeah, definitely. German, Latin, French, a bit of Greek. Portuguese is, is quite close to Greek, I've heard. Is that right? Yes, or... that's true. That's true. That I, I, I have heard people on the street and I think they, they, they are speaking Portuguese and they are Greek. You say, what? Yeah, it sounds so similar, to be honest. It's a good, good point, yeah. All right. And how you you, you get that? <laughs> huh? How did I know that? Yeah. Um, I, think I, I just, I'm really interested in languages. And I always wondered why Portuguese people's accents sounded almost like they were Russian accents. And um, I just went and did some research, and apparently it comes from, uh, like, the Greeks, from when the Greeks conquered Portugal. And apparently there's, like, two Latin languages. One's, like, a Greek Latin, and one's more of a Spanish. Yeah. And the Portuguese speak the Greek version. Yeah. Yeah, you're like me. If you can have a, a, a super power, I think, speak all the language in the world. It should be amazing, <laughs> man. A part of reading minds, of course. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool too. Because it, you'd have to be able to read, you know, you'd have to be able to understand all the languages to read all the minds. Yeah, that's true. Because if I was reading your mind and you were thinking Spanish, I wouldn't know what you were thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I can't actually speak any other languages. And as you can probably tell, British people don't make a lot of effort to learn other languages because we don't have to, you know. We don't have to do that. Everyone yeah, speaks. well, if you, yeah, if you travel, you probably always will find something to speak to you in, in English. So, um, yeah, probably that is a. Well, it was so funny because last time I went to to Mallorca, um, and I ended up in, in Magaluf, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, it was it's like a, you that. know, yeah, no, no, yeah, it was really old for that because the thing is, I I I I, I bought a. A combo that I found in internet, and I said, "Okay, it's, it's, it's a good price. Let's just go there." But I didn't search anything about Magaluf, right? So <laughs> I ended up, you know, in that in that place, which was a lot of parties around, people vomiting on the street, and you know, you know how is it? But it was so, so the, the the funny part of that. It was okay. Okay, let's just go to to a restaurant, and so just ask for some kind of uh, uh, Cuba Libre, which is um, uh, wrong with coke, right? So, oh, and, yeah. and asked for a Cuba Libre, right? And in Spanish. And the, the waiter said, what? And, and 
ya, Cuba Libre, eh, hablas español. Y dice, no, no, I don't speak any Spanish, so I just, uh, I'm British. I say, oh my God. Yeah, she's probably from Cardiff or Swansea. Yeah. Yeah, all, all, man, all of the restaurants, all of the places, and that makes sense because that is the market, right? So we're British, so it's also funny, man. I'm just trying to, to went to Spain to, to, I don't know, to enjoy, you know, the, the Spanish away and be a little bit away of, of you know, the, the, the British. No, in a bad way. Please, don't take no. me wrong. No, don't take me wrong. You were, you were the most Spanish person there. Yeah, 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 pretty much, pretty much. I say like, yeah. I've got one more question for you, Yang. Yeah, when you were back home in Venezuela, what, what kind of crazy animals did you used to see? Ooh, crazy animals. Yeah, yeah. did you see? Well, uh, we have a, a, a crazy animal that we have is uh, the guy that, which is running the, 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 the government, <laughs> Maduro, <laughs> which is the best donkey ever. But yeah, well... well um, yeah. Quickly, sorry, on that subject, what do you yeah. think about this... Um, the hostages do you think they're real hostages do you think they're no, real sh no sure i don't think so because i mean if if us will send something will send something good <laughs> you know yeah. and yeah i mean remember this is kind of a bone shell right just to to cover a few things in in the back but yeah okay. so uh, coming back to your question about the weird animals um well, when I was a kid, I tried um, iguana eggs. <laughs> yeah, well, you ate it's, them. Yeah, man, it's really weird, but yeah, we tried it. And there is a, a, another animal called chiguire, which is the biggest um, rodder on, the, on, on Earth. It's like a big rat, to be honest. A um, big what, sorry? A big rat, rat, rat. Oh, Kind of a capybara, they call it in Brazil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched the program on those today. The biggest Nation, rodent. National Geographic. <laughs> yeah, is they're, they're the biggest rodent, aren't they? Yeah, I try it and it's really tasty. Everything tastes <laughs> like chicken, right? So everyone say, like, no, that is tastes like chicken. I thought you were going to say you spotted it and it was really interesting. No, well, I spotted, yeah, I spotted and also... <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, caught it. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, look at that one. Ah, let's just kill it. Ah, okay, let's just eat it. Oh, God. Yeah, well, uh, uh, part, of, uh, part of that, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, Yang, well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you. Really interesting. Pleasure, man. It was for me to be here and be part of this, this family of the PGM. Hope <laughs> that next season we... We can start um, doing a good precision, keep training, and keep that focus and the competitive things that we are a strong team and we we can win this thing. Definitely. Yeah, I fully agree. We can win, sorry. Of course we can.